Hello everyone, my name is Naomi Williams and welcome to Dawning Diabetes Podcast where we talk about type 1 diabetes, other autoimmune disorders, and healthy living. Hello everybody, so welcome to the 20th episode, whoop whoop. Okay, so your girl has been running this show since February of this year, okay? And I am just so thankful to all my supporters and listeners who really support this show. Um, Shout out to my close family and friends who stay listening to this show. I really appreciate you guys and love y'all. And I give my love also to the 15 to 20 listeners who really listen to my show every time I put out an episode. So I really appreciate you guys about 15 to 20 of you guys every time. And I don't know who you are. Like I said, I may know who you are. Um, But if I don't, thank you so much. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to listen to what type one diabetes is, what diabetes is and what healthy living means just the facts about it and the expertise on it and my personal experience on it. So I just thank you so much for all of the people who have agreed to do the interviews and made this show come to life. I really appreciate all my um, people who just took out the time out of their work schedule to say, hey, I would love to speak on your show. I love what you do. I really appreciate you guys uh, from the bottom of my heart. And I hope that you succeed in whatever endeavor you are in right now. And that goes for everyone. So today we will be talking about everything bolus. So bolus is a fancy way of saying dosing on an insulin pump. But don't fret on my MDI people. We also will be learning how you can extend your bolus even if you are on manual daily injections too. So definitely tune in. You don't want to miss everything bolus, everything extended bolus everything pre-bolusing today and we also have a special guest that i will introduce at the beginning of the interview so definitely stay tuned please do not take any information or stories shared on this podcast as medical advice please consult with your doctor or medical professional before changing your health plan Hello, you guys. So today we have Rachel Halverson. She is a type one diabetic. Um, She is a certified diabetes educator and she is a volunteer with Camp Kazoo, which is the same camp that we both volunteer at, which is pretty cool, by the way. And so without further ado, welcome Rachel Halverson. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on today. I'm excited. Excited to be here. (laughs) No problem. We are excited for you to be here, too. So, um, Rachel, tell us about um, what is it like being a diabetes educator? And tell us a little bit about your type 1 diabetes. Like, how long have you had type 1 and all that jazz? 
I was diagnosed at an early age. I was five years old, 24 years. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, you know, it's always been a part of my life and that sort of thing. And um, I actually kind of on the way to becoming a uh, diabetes care and education specialist, I originally was a uh, freelance musician. So I went to music school first. Wow, um, but, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's I. So I played cello um, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. But um, the way things are, of course, my mom was like, Rachel, you're going to have to get a job that has good health insurance because uh, diabetes is expensive. So. So right. uh, that's, yeah. you know, um, uh, kind of what brought me into, I was like, well, I could be a nurse. Like there's, there's always a good amount of jobs and, and things that I could do in nursing. And I think like I, for a long time, I was like, I really don't want to do diabetes. Cause I just, it seemed like what people kind of wanted me to do. Um, Understand. So I, I, I get that pressure too. Yeah. I was like, kind of <laughs> yeah. Off. yeah. Yeah. And you just like, you're like, I don't I already have to take care of myself. I don't, I don't know if I, you know, can, can add that to my life of, of taking care of more, more people. But, yeah. um, as I, you know, I started out on a, um, renal floor in nursing, which is kidney, kidney disease of, of certain types. And of course, a lot of these people had diabetes, whether it was type one diabetes, type two diabetes, whatever, whatever type of diabetes, um, that was oftentimes kind of what resulted not having access to care or, or whatever it was, um, enough education. And I was like, okay, well now I'm sad and I want to help prevent <laughs> kind of these things from happening as much as I can, instead of just being there when it does, it felt like I was just kind of holding their hand as yeah. this sort of thing progressed. And that was, that was hard. Um, so I, I went into like outpatient endocrinology and I started to kind of, I was like, okay, I, I will do it. I'm ready for uh, doing more with diabetes education. I, I, you know, as I kind of talked more with people and I, I realized how much I could actually help them and how many things like, like we don't, um, we don't often get enough information um, for, you know, especially now, you know, we have people being diagnosed so late in life and then they come to an adult endocrinology clinic. And unfortunately, adult endocrinology clinics are not as specialized in diabetes as we often find the pediatric clinics to be where you get lots of good education up front. So and so then I, I got certified and and now I am currently working um, like at a startup for people with type two diabetes, specifically kind of helping them um, make some more changes to their mostly just kind of providing education and, and helping them add some more healthy lifestyle um, changes. And then I also alongside that work with uh, women with type one diabetes um, and again, kind of just trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, in no, and, that's and that so sort of cool. Yeah, that's, that's amazing that you work with type two and type one diabetic patients uh-huh. and you specialize in women with type one um, because we go through a lot of hormones and type one yes. at the same time, yes. a lot of insulin resistance. <laughs> um, yeah. And I definitely need to have an episode just on that in general, Absolutely. because that is a whole nother topic. Um, yeah. But that that's amazing that you you work with those people. And so even though you are in the medical field, do you still play cello? 
I do. Yeah. So I'm actually, yes. <laughs> this is, this has been a busy month. I, I, uh, but I do, I have a concert coming up uh, on Saturday. I'll be playing with the Georgia symphony. Um, so that's nice. I, I still get to, I do it more now for like pleasure mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, I need to be able to afford my life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely do what you love doing. And um, some of my listeners know, but or may have seen on my post, but I am a vocalist. So I'm certified in voice. I have a music minor in it. So I think that's so cool that you have a full time job and you still do what you love on the side. And that's what I'm right. striving for. So that's really cool. Yeah. That's yes. Really- oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Maybe it's some, I'm telling you, it's, we need art in, in our uh, diabetes care, of course. Yes, we do. <laughs> it, it so helps you guys. It really does. And so first question is, how is a bolus and dual wave bolus given in different ways by an insulin pump. So um, you can definitely dive into that. Yeah. So this is a, it's a fairly advanced topic, especially if you're kind of just hearing about it for the first time. Um, So what I like to start with is kind of um, understanding, first of all, what they are. So um, the different types of pumps have different names for them. Um, it's mostly Medtronic. They're being extra ridiculous about the names, yes. but, um, <laughs> so, so but um, <laughs> for the most part, if you, if you have an Omnipod or Tandem or a Medtronic pump, um, Omnipod and Tandem call it an extended bolus and Medtronic calls it a, um, square wave bolus. <laughs> And um, what that is, is um, basically it, you'll see when you go in to put in your carbohydrates and you have that option, it'll say dual wave or extend the bolus. And then it'll say, okay, it'll give you two percentages that you can manipulate. So that first percentage is going to be the percentage up front of the insulin that you want to take. And we'll, of course, talk about why that's important. Um, but that, that'll be like a normal normal bolus. So it'll all go in at once and um, you can adjust the percentage based off of that. The second part of the percentage there that you can manipulate would be one that is given over a certain period of time more slowly. So it's, it's like an extra basal drip. Basically it goes in very slowly. And um, the other term in Medtronic's pump um, so square wave is, is kind of what mimics Omnipod and Tandem's version of the extended bolus. And then Medtronic also has a square wave bolus, which is simply just an extension. Like it's just one really long bolus. So not only can you manipulate those percentages, but you can manipulate the amount of time that you want to extend either that percentage or that bolus. So you can say, um, I want this to go, I want four units to go over four hours. So that's what that second half is. And I will say now that we have a lot of people using control IQ or auto mode on the Medtronic and tandem pumps, Medtronic, um, when you are in auto mode, that feature is not available. Only when you're in manual mode, is it available? And um, in tandem, it's still available, which is great, but you can only extend it over two hours. So it is a little bit more limit. I know 
it's kind of a bummer, but um, <laughs> that's, I assume just for like the algorithm, they, mm-hmm. they are saying that it should compensate for any rise, but I often find if you are a lover of the extended boluses and you like to use them a lot, I often just turn off the uh, control IQ on my own pump um, so that I can use if I, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about reasons to use it. But if I feel like I need like a four or five hour one, then um, it's okay to just pop out of there and, and come back in later when the bolus is over. Um, but yeah, so those are the terminology kind of uh, behind the, the pumps and what, what those mean. Oh, that is really good. Um, And I like how you broke that down into the types of pumps that's out there. So like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. there's Medtronic, Omnipod and Tandem. Um, So I guess Tandem, T-Slim's the same thing, correct? Because I have Omnipod. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Okay. And And Omnipod will have like a horizons, you know, that auto control IQ-esque thing. So we're not sure how that will affect the extended bullets, but for right now, Omnipod does have full uh, scope of of the extension. So that's good. Yeah, that is good to know. Um, And yes, I have an Omnipod um, for those of you who know or don't know. Um, And so, yeah, I use extended bolus. And so, Rachel, what type of pump do you have if you don't mind sharing? I have a, I have the tandem, uh, T-Slim with the, oh, cool. the control IQ on. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. It's been, I've, I've tried them all. And so far this one has, has been the, I've always been a tubed pump kind of lady. So that's where I've <laughs> landed. Yeah. I feel you. Some people prefer to tube and some people like me just prefer tubeless. Um, even right. though we still have a cannula, like it's still a, a tiny mm-hmm. tube. So like either way it's, you know, it right. works. Um, but that's cool. Yes. So you have Omnipod, Medtronic, T-Slim. And yeah, that is the gist of extended bolus. Um, you guys, for those of you who have used a pump um, or you're thinking about using a pump, but you see this feature on your pump and you're like, what is this? Because I didn't start using extended bolus until the pandemic, honestly. Mm-hmm, so back mm-hmm. in 2020, that's when I was like, you know what? Let me try this. Let me just see what it does. And I've been a type one for 15 years now. And I just learned a year ago how to use extended wow. bolus because I was afraid of it, honestly. Um, and I just said, you know, let me get bold and let me just try it. And yeah. it has it has worked for me. And I'll kind of get into more detail about my experience a little bit later. Um, But when should a diabetic use dual wave or extended bolus? Right. So there's some reasons to use uh, the certain. So typically the one we think of is pizza. (laughs) So to understand when these boluses are useful, you really have to kind of understand how food works in your body and how it's absorbed. Um, So to give you a brief rundown, um, you know, carbohydrates, as we know, something that's purely carbohydrates is going to go into your stomach and leave it fairly quickly, just based off of the way our body digests carbohydrates. Um, A lot of it is digested first in the mouth and 
then in the intestine. So it's not going to hang out in your stomach very long. And that's why like when you have something like a Frappuccino from Starbucks, it's going to hit you very quickly. Um, so mm-hmm. that's um, kind of, of course, as you know, how the carbohydrates work, they're going to hit your bloodstream a lot faster. That, however, is um, while it doesn't necessarily break down into glucose, although if you are eating a very, very low carb diet or something like that, occasionally you may find that sometimes you get a rise from a high fat meal. And that's because our body um, does sometimes break it down very slowly into glucose. But um, fat typically when eaten with carbs, what will happen, especially if it's a high fat meal, so something that's above 40 grams of fat, something you would get at Taco Bell or uh, typically restaurant foods or pizza, for example, that will slow down your stomach from emptying. So the fat is being digested in your stomach and it's not going to release those carbohydrates until that fat is broken down. So if you take your insulin up front and those carbohydrates don't leave your stomach until later, that insulin is going to hit you before the carbohydrates carbohydrates do. And that's why oftentimes with pizza, if you just give yourself a regular bolus, you'll get that drop and then arise uh, three hours later while you're sleeping, which is yes. frustrating. Yes, um, and the reason for that is, yeah, from the, the high fat. No, <laughs> it's very, it's annoying. Yes. Um, and there are ways to combat that with the uh, extended bolus or the dual wave bolus. And then just to also just add in there, protein does um, also have a bit of an effect. It very rarely breaks down into glucose um, unless your body is starving. But um, protein does slow down again the digestion. So that's why um, we often say pairing a faster acting carbohydrate with protein is helpful because it doesn't hit you as quickly. But um, again, coming back to pizza, pizza is high fat high protein and high carbohydrates. So um, in that case, we, we have to adjust the timing of the insulin so that it matches with our digestion. So in that case, what I believe is typically recommended. So if it's over 40 grams of fat in any case, or if it's, it's pizza and you got a lot of meat on there and mm-hmm. just some extra, extra greasy stuff, um, you typically will give yourself your regular, you know, you'll put in the carbs for that, that amount of pizza, and then you'll, you'll split it up. Um, so, and this is highly variable. Some people find that, um, 30% up front and then, um, so 30, 70 mm-hmm. is a good split. So 30% up front and then 70% split over three to four hours is helpful. That's probably a good place to start. Um, or you may find that even just doing 0% up front and 100% over a, a longer amount of time may be more helpful for your body. So I would start at like 30, 70 when you're kind of experimenting with those higher fat foods and, and then kind of adjust from there. If you tank and then rise with that split, then go ahead and, and do 20 and then 80 and kind of keep uh, adjusting that way. Um, But again, that's basically um, just so that you can time. I know these carbohydrates are going to hit me later. So I want the insulin to go in slowly and over a longer period of time. Um, And alternatively, if you don't have an insulin pump, you can still do this. Um, You can give yourself more injections. So I have a lot of clients that will give themselves 
um, that percentage, that small percentage up front. And then three hours later, they'll give themselves another injection as they start to see a little itty bitty rise in their, in their blood sugar. They'll, that's when they usually will give themselves the second or sometimes people do a third one. Um, but, uh, you can definitely do it with your insulin pens or vials as well. Um, it just takes a little bit more injecting the, so that's kind of that split bolus mm-hmm. where you got one up front and then one up longer Then that maybe some people are like, well, why the heck would I ever use that square wave? And I love square wave. I think it's great because mm-hmm. it's for, um, like if you, I love to go to the movies and I'm always eating a tub of popcorn. And yep, the thing is you too. don't, right. You don't eat all that popcorn. I mean, I, I could probably eat it all at once, but you're eating it over about two hours. Right. Yeah. So you don't need all of that insulin up front. You want it to kind of just be giving you a little bit. Um, so that would be a time to give just a very, um, you know, say I'm going to eat 30 grams over two hours. And mm-hmm. that would be that, um, that ex, uh, the square wave on Medtronic or in the case of your tandem or Omnipod, you say, I want 0% up front and hundred percent over three hours oh. um, would be how you would do it with an Omnipod. Same thing at like a party, maybe you're just nibbling and grazing on <laughs> um, a bunch of bunch of different goodies. Um, that's another good time to, to kind of spread it out. Um, because you just, you just want some extra insulin going as you're eating more slowly, but for a longer period of time. So those are, um, and I know if, uh, maybe you're the type of person that doesn't always eat all their food, or maybe Mm -hmm. you're a little bit concerned about the carb count or something like that. You can do like you know, a certain percentage up front and then do the other percentage over a longer period and then cut it off. If you decide, Oh shoot, I didn't need all of that. Um, that's kind of another, could be another helpful way to use it that I've, um, some people have luck with, but that's, that's the rundown. Yes. No, that was great. No, that was clear. I understood it, um, completely. Um, I even learned some new things, especially with, um, MDI. Like if you are, MDI and you take injections still, which is still great. You know, either mm-hmm. way is fine. Um, you just have to take more injections or wait a certain amount of time to take another injection with right. that food that you ate. Um, so that's something that I didn't even know, you know, I could do when I was on the pins and injections when right. I was younger. Uh, and it was a kid. Right. Uh, it would have helped, right? <laughs> yes, it would have. Oh my gosh, it was pop tarts. I know. Poster um, <laughs> strudel, and oh my gosh, especially right. nerds. Oh, let me not eat nerds. Oh, it was bad. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I, I know. I was spiked so high, and then come crashing down later. And my yes. mom was like, "You cannot eat nerds unless you're low." No I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but that's really good to know um, for MDI people and pump users. And um, I also like what you have said about it just depends on the food and how it affects your body. You can try 30, 70 percent for, you know, high fat foods and see kind of experiment to see how your body reacts to it. And like you said, you may be fine or you may drop low or go high. 
guy after. So it's Mm -hmm. really about trial and error, but it's structured trial and error because you're trying to eat whatever you want to eat or try new foods, but you still want your blood sugar to stay in a healthy range. So yeah, that's really good to know. Um, so next question, if a type one diabetic eats a high carb food, and I think we just, we went into this, um, or high fat food. So we actually did go into the recommended amounts. And so what I'm going to actually add to that is personally for me, um, I may do, and this is for me personally, for all my listeners, everyone's different. Um, but I usually do a 40 to 60%. Um, like I give myself 60 up front and then 40% over two hours. If I'm eating a high carb food that could be like pizza, pasta, anything that's a high, like GI, G, is it GI or yes. yes. So I want to make sure I get the terminology right. But if it's like a high carb food or like it just, it has a high like carb count, anything that's like white bread, white rice, anything like that for me, I spike. It doesn't matter. So I have to extend the bolus. Now, if the pasta is a day old, it doesn't get me the next day. And I I don't know why <laughs> that is, <laughs> um, but that's something that I have learned for myself is, okay, anything that's high carb, I'm just going to go ahead and do that 40, 60 or uh, 70, 30 and just see how it goes. And then sometimes it could be such a high carb and my body could be taking longer to break it down. I might need another um, uh, insulin or bolus um, for that, you know, for the next three, the third hour, the fourth hour, I might need another bolus. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to experiment and see what works for you. Um, and also talk with your doctor as well and see what they recommend for your health first and then go from there. Um, but enjoy just trying different things out. You guys, like, don't be afraid of it. Like I was for 14 years, (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, you you do what's best for you. Um, so, yeah. And then high fat food, same thing. Um, I have to give myself either two boluses or I extend. Um, so it's like either one um, with really high carb foods. But yeah. So, yeah, occasionally you will. Um, that is a kind of you may notice that you need more insulin than you normally would if it is high fat again for that like break again over 40 grams some people um kind of the rule that i have i follow and that i ask my patients to start with is for every 100 calories of fat <laughs> which is a fun you'll have to do a little bit of math but every uh, 100 right. calories worth of fat in there um, we're going to assume that that will break down into glucose. Um, so I usually give myself, um, I believe it's, uh, 
I add like an extra 10 grams of carbs per hundred calories of fat. And that 10 grams of carbs, I'm going to extend even further. Um, personally, I don't often eat that high of a, I'm a I'm vegan. So I, I don't right, often find, yeah. find myself, but especially as people are kind of experimenting with these, um, I talked to a lady today that was on a carnivore diet. So in her case, yeah, that fat is going to break down um, into glucose. Of course. Yes. (laughs) So um, in her case, she will, um, you know, if you are on keto or one of those very, very low carbohydrate diets, you still need insulin for that kind of stuff. Um, But what people find works really well for them is to use the extended bolus almost all the time. Um, So they're, frequently using uh they pretty much never use the uh, the regular bolus because it's just too fast yeah um, so and as you mentioned before that low gi high gi that's another thing to take into consideration that was a good point to bring up so like a high gi food like you said would be something that breaks down super quickly um and if that's like white bread white pasta white anything <laughs> yes <laughs> it's gonna be very quick <laughs> liquid sugar nerds that kind of thing is a high gi yes. um low gi foods are things like beans or starchier vegetables sweet potato that kind of thing so these are things that are filled with fiber and nutrients and fabulous proteins and stuff that take a slow amount of time to digest so i eat like a ton of beans <laughs> so i often use extended boluses for that because again you may notice you know, like, why is my blood sugar going so low yeah, after these? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They seem very high carb, but they are a different type of carb. So yeah. Um, just, yeah, just because it's 45 grams of uh, carbohydrates and some chickpeas doesn't mean it will digest in the same way that 45 grams of white rice would. Um, but again, yeah, if you're newly diagnosed, this is probably the most traumatic conversation ever, but um, it really yes. does just take... <laughs> It just yes. takes trial, trial and error and, and kind of just uh, reading more about those different glycemic indexes and, and things like that. Yes, it does. Yes. And if you are newly diagnosed, um, definitely take notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, you you will understand what we are saying um, as you figure out your pumps. If you wear a pump mm-hmm. or if you do MDI, either one, um, you will figure out how to adjust your insulin Um, And I hope this helps for those of you who are very new um, to type one, type two, type one to have type three diabetes, all the types of diabetes that's out here in the world. um, And you have to take insulin. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, that's that's so good that. Um, you know how to extend bolus for vegan foods. And I eat uh, like one vegan meal a day. So I'm not completely vegan. I'm 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 getting there. Um I, I might be a vegan one day, but now I'm still thank thank you. I'm still vegetarian and right, right, I do right. one vegan meal a day. So um now I I do realize now that. I have to eat like 15 grams extra carbs or not even cover for those 15 grams um, for my body. So I don't tank because you're right. Like you'll slightly go up and then you'll just Mm -hmm. crash after. Um, So you're right. It is a low GI food. Um, So definitely take that consideration for those of you who are trying veganism um, for the first time or you're just getting into it and you just don't want to eat meat or any animal products anymore, which is fine. You know, it it is okay. Um, So cool. 
All righty. So next question is, what is pre-bolusing? So we talked about bolus, how that's just regular, you know, taking your insulin and your pump calculates it for you. And then we talked about extended bolus, how you can do that 40, 60 percent for certain types of foods that just make your body want to spike or sometimes drop low. Um, so what is pre-bolusing? Well, I love free boluses. So it's like, I have like, yes, I have, I have friends that follow me that don't have diabetes and they know about pre boluses because I talk about them so regularly, like on Instagram and, and things like that. But it is so important. If you learn anything from this podcast, it is um, how important a pre bolus is. And um, that is, and I think like nowadays it's very commonplace to get that sort of information from your doctor um, that ideally you should be taking your insulin before your meal as opposed to after or um, uh, like while you're eating it or right mm-hmm. before. And again, this, this all depends on the type of food, but for most and it's best to take it like 10 to 15 minutes beforehand. And that's what we call a pre-bolus. And this again has to do with the timing of the insulin and the food, right? So insulin takes uh, the rapid acting insulin that we have on the market, um, which is Novolog and Humalog. Um, Apidra might be a, a little bit different, but for the most part, those three are very similar and they only really start working after about 15 minutes. And then they have a peak action, like when the bulk of the, the action is going to happen is at one hour. Um, so we're trying to time that because um, if you take it after you eat, your food will likely hit you. It'll hit the bloodstream quicker than your insulin is going to because if the insulin's got to take some time. Um, so that's why we recommend doing it 10 to 15 minutes beforehand. Again, it'll depend on your body. So um, you'll kind of, you can experiment if you are like, I know for sure I got these car this carb count right and I still spiked. It probably just means that your pre-bolus needed a little bit more time. Um, So that's something you can manipulate. so, uh, and again, just the types of foods. So for, I know we, we have been having a lot of pizza talk. Um, <laughs> again, if you just consider, okay, this food is, this carbohydrate is not going to hit me mm-hmm. until like two or three hours from now. Please don't take your insulin 15 or 20 minutes beforehand. Um, this would be the okay time to take it afterwards. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, and then maybe um you want some nerds or something like that we know that's going to hit you super quickly um so we may even give the insulin a head start so in that case maybe even 20 minutes 30 minutes depending on where your blood sugar is yeah Um, again it's all just like considering okay how can i line this up so that they meet each other and can kind of play tug of war instead of somebody winning <laughs> um, is, is the idea that you would like for the, the pre-bolus to happen. Um, so yeah, any always consider what is my blood sugar and what type of food am I eating when you're deciding, you know, whether or not you need to give this insulin beforehand or after the food. Yeah, that's so true. And Yes. So pre-bolusing, like you were saying, is like 10, 15 minutes um, before mm-hmm. you eat. I know for me and my body, um, I have to do 30 minutes before. Um, yeah. And that's just because if I do like anything 
like before 30, I'll still get that little rise, but I'll still come back down pretty, pretty easy. Um, but if I do right at 30, um, yeah, it that's when my body's like, yes. And I'm like the straight line and I'm doing a, the little, you know, ways and yeah. that's it. Um, but if I do anything 40 minutes or after I'm dropping, um, mm-hmm. which of course can cause a spike because now your body's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so this is not a low, you just took insulin. Um, and so definitely be careful with the timing of it, but definitely pre-bolus um, to see how your, your blood sugars do with those specific foods. Like the pizza we mentioned, the nerds we mentioned, or just anything, even like oatmeal, for instance, like I always like pre-bolus for oatmeal, even though it's considered, I guess, a medium GI food. Right, um, right. Depending it's on, fast. <laughs> yeah, it's fast. And especially for my body, it's so fast. Other people yeah. take a minute, but for my body, it's like whoosh. So I have to literally yeah. <laughs> just say, okay, let me pre-bowls for 30 minutes in the morning and then eat. Um, and I, I try my best yeah. to do that every morning because I know if I'm rushing and I just eat it, I know I'm going to go to like 200 and then come back down versus 170 and coming back down to a a better range. So no, I feel the the oatmeal might as well be cereal for me. Like (laughs) it needs a, and like that's a, in the morning, especially pre-bolus are so important because we tend to be more resistant in the morning and we often choose the most high carb food in the morning as well. If it's like oatmeal or cereal. So that's a really good time to start experimenting with the pre-bolus. Um, I usually, I try to tell my, my clients to pick a habit that you're already doing. So usually this may be like brush my teeth or making some coffee, um, and just attach the pre-bolus there. So you can kind of get in the habit of doing it. Um, cause yeah, in the, in the morning, I feel you, I'm probably like, I need at least 30 minutes or or else we'll be in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yes. It's just Mm. the dawn rising of the blood sugar in the morning or before you Mm -hmm. wake up, it's, Yeah. And some people do it in the afternoon. So they may have to change for the late, you know, rising of their blood sugar. So it's very interesting how the, the, you know, your blood does with glucose and all that jazz. So, but let's continue. So how has dual wave bolusing helped you and your patients manage their type one diabetes or type two? And you can start with yourself first and then just kind of mention some good positive changes you've seen in your patients. Yeah. Well, it just kind of, it gives you more options um, because otherwise you feel like either, you know, I, I'm, I felt similarly, like it's just, I couldn't eat something because it would spike no matter what I did or it would drop or, or do something weird. And, um, don't get me started on how much I hate the current market for insulin. Like the, the <laughs> we've had the same formula for so long and it's like, so many nobody years. can make a, we need a faster acting insulin. Right. Cause it's, it is frustrating to have to, yes. like, you know, manipulate so many different things. And I, I will say you probably like for anyone listening again, they're probably like Rachel just spends all this time thinking about insulin. And, um, 
as you practice, <laughs> you think a little bit less about it. So yes. um, it's such a good point, kind of trial and error. And then eventually it becomes a routine. You just know, okay, I got a pre-bolus for this. I got to do about 30 minutes for this in the morning. Like it's no problem. It doesn't even really cross your mind. So the more you you try it and, and do different things, the the easier it gets and, and the more routine it becomes. Um, so, but personally, I think, yeah, it, uh, the extended bolus is so important for me, again, as someone who eats more plant-based foods and, and uh, those low GI beans and, and things that would normally be a pain in the butt, they would either spike me if I wasn't taking enough for them because I was worried about a low or if I took the appropriate amount, I would get a low because I wasn't extending it over, you know, an appropriate amount of time. So that was always, it was frustrating because you're like, I'm eating all these vegetables and being so fabulous and why isn't it working? So it (laughs) it helps (laughs) helps a lot. Um, Just to, yeah, I think most people benefit from, because we eat a variety of, a different variety of food. So it lets you do that um, and enjoy some of those, you know, crazier foods. I have a client that has a a cheat meal each Saturday and we go over it together and we're like, so she's like, I'm going to have Taco Bell. I want a chalupa and like this, this, and this. And it's like 107 grams of carbs and 80 grams of fat. It's like the most amazing sounding food I've ever heard of, but it, it makes it possible for her to, um, have a a day where she can just enjoy herself and not feel as bad about the outcome when it comes to her blood sugars not that I want everyone to eat that way all the time but um (laughs) it it just lets you uh it lets you enjoy those you know popcorn at the movies or some pizza occasionally um or if you are wanting to experiment with a different type of diet whether it's veganism or keto or whatever the heck you want to try um it gives you (laughs) the tools you need to appropriately make insulin work for you because we're not all eating the same way all the time so it just adds a lot of yeah it just adds variety and, and keeps your habits more sustainable and and that sort of thing so I'm a huge, I rem, oh, I just, when I first discovered it, I was really young. I was like 13 or 14. And I, I just, I always like pressing buttons on stuff. So I had discovered it, like kind of what it did. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I can just eat whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and I didn't fully understand. I know my, my doctor, Dr. Anderson told me that it was for pizzas. And not, so that's kind of what I like. I was like, this is just the pizza button. Right. <laughs> so it was like a magical yeah. button. <laughs> um, and I remember I was babysitting um, a, uh, I used to babysit kids with type one diabetes and I uh, had a little girl and she, uh, her parents were like, we're going to have pizza and we're so sorry. Like, it's just not going to go well. And, and we apologize for doing this to you. If she goes, you know, above target, whatever, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, y'all watch this. So I, I pressed the extended bolus and she was smooth sailing all night. And her parents thought I was a, a diabetes prodigy. So like, who's this weird uh, child that, that knows all the, the pump buttons, but yeah, it's, it's so worth it to just kind of experiment with it and find, find ways for insulin to work for your body individually so that you can enjoy your life and um, eat eat more fun foods. 
Yeah, that's so that's such a good point. And yes, I used to um, babysit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they never tried extended bolus. I don't think they did. Um, But I did tell them about it. So sometimes when you tell people information, they'll take it. And sometimes they don't, sadly. Um, (laughs) But it's okay. (laughs) It's good. But it's really is it like I guarantee if any of you all go to your doctor right now and, and be like, can you explain to me how to bolus for a high fat meal with carbohydrates so, you know they're gonna be like i don't it's not very common yeah knowledge it's, it's for, not uh, yeah so it's good to to spread the spread the word as much as you can because, yes yeah. exactly because you're right some endos do not know about mm-hmm. the in you know the extended bolus um because right. they work with other endocrine system issues and um, other autoimmune disorders. So they may not necessarily know about that. So um, right. make sure, yeah, you've discovered on your pump like we did. And you just just play with um, the <laughs> extended bolus and all that jazz because, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And it acts like um, your your pancreas and in a sense mm-hmm. and your pancreas once upon a time when it was working um and hopefully it'll be working soon um again one day <laughs> if we have a cure um it it would do the same thing it would just continually drip um insulin and so the cyndabolus is the same um, in that way. So it's really, it's really cool. Um, it's really cool. And, um, that's great, um, that you discovered that for yourself. And now that you help patients with that now, um, and just friends, different people with extended bolus. So I think that is so cool. And, um, last thing I just want to add, cause I know we are about to come to time, but, um, like extended bolus has really helped me in my life. Cause it has you know, just taught me that I can eat whatever I want to eat. And like the naysayers in my life, whether they love me or people, random people I meet don't like me, you know, I don't care about that. That they will say, you can't eat this or you can't eat that. And now I have, you know, shown myself that I can eat whatever I want to eat. And I just have to experiment with this insulin and I can eat that cheesecake. I can eat that cookie. You know, I can eat healthier and eat vegan and not have to worry about or keto without having to worry about all these ups and downs and turnarounds and all that jazz. It just limits it, even though like we might have lows or highs from time to time and that's okay, but it really does help with the way we all eat. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah. So last um, question um, for this show is what advice um, or just what encouragement do you have for those of us living with diabetes that you want to share? Well, mindset is a big thing for me. So that's what I will leave y'all with. But um, and especially as you are trying out these different types of foods and different boluses, um, you will go above target. You will go below target. Um, it just happens. That's a side effect of the insulin. Um, so what I always tell myself when I open up my phone to look at my CGM or if you're about to uh, check your blood sugar with your uh, regular meter I always I say to myself it's just data 
it just tells me what's what's going to happen next and that's all it is it does not define any actions that you've taken or anything that you've done um it's literally it's just a number it's just data it's it's just there to help you make decisions um so i i think that's yeah it's it's so good to be able to trial and error different things um but i don't want you to ever feel like discouraged <laughs> by doing that um i know a lot of people who are like i'm never eating oatmeal again after after they experience <laughs> kind of their first <laughs> right first spike with oatmeal and i um you know i i try to just i'm like yeah that it's okay to be frustrated absolutely so i always tell people identify it say i'm frustrated this was annoying i'm pissed off and that's fine um but in the end it really is you know what can i do next time to try yeah. and um make it make something different happen um, yeah so yeah before you not from now on <laughs> whenever you're looking at your number kind of just remind yourself and say out loud or in your head this it's just a number it's what us. <laughs> yeah that's so true you're not defined by a number by your insulin adjustment you are doing right. the best that you can do and the fact that you try extendabolus is courage either way you know and definitely try it way before me um definitely yeah. yes <laughs> do not same wait same. 14 <laughs> years um, so <laughs> yes so right. on that note thank you so much rachel for coming on to the show um i really appreciate your expertise and advice and just encouragement and you know motivation for all type one in diabetics out there. So I really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So this has been Naomi with Dawning Diabetes. Thanks for listening today and tune into episodes every other Thursday and sometimes Fridays. Follow Dawning Diabetes on Facebook, IG, and Twitter where you can join the diabetic community and find more content. Please subscribe, download, and leave a review. See y'all.